Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. What were you just listening to? He didn't hear. Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. Some say he's incredibly handsome. Others say he's the most handsome. But everyone says he's the wizard and Sherry. She was Oklahoma's junior miss, second runner-up to America's junior miss. She spoke out against human trafficking and she yodels. Did you want to know that? And now, broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show. What a day, what a week we have for you as we ramp up for Halloween. Um, Something hit my Twitter that I just loved, and I'm not even a golfer. If you're a golfer, this is an absolute fantasy. So um, Pebble Beach Golf Course, Bob, that's one of the really big ones, right? Yeah, on the coast of California. It's also one of the most, if you play it as a golfer, one of the most expensive. I'm going to guess that a round of golf there would cost you $600. And it's gorgeous. I mean, it's right there near Carmel um, with the crashing waves into rocks. It's uh, where, you know, Bob Hope and Bing Crosby used to play. It's beautiful. $600 just to play 18 holes of golf? (laughs) I'm just guessing. You pay $600, but you don't even get lunch and a snack with that or a T-shirt. Like, you literally just pay $600 to play 18 (laughs) holes of golf? The only other thing... The only other thing you get with it is a wagging finger saying, don't you change your shoes in the parking lot. We don't allow that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, so somebody um, captured this on cell phone video and the wind is blowing. So you'll have to listen. But some random dude was out um, hitting golf balls. He was out playing at Pebble Beach when the one and only legendary ultimate golf commentator himself, Jim Nance who was taking a morning stroll on the course with a cup of coffee, happened by, Jim Nance stopped and did commentary on this man's swing. You want to hear it? I don't CBS begins with 60 minutes, and that's coming up after golf. David Lorenz continues to lead the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am by one over John Rahm. He's on the tee of the seventh. That's a good-looking golf swing. The wind. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Right in the middle of the green. So we're protecting that lead here in the final round. Let's go back over to 18. <laughs> Can you imagine? How much pressure? How much pressure does that put on that shot? Oh, my gosh. He is, he is, such, he is such a great guy. He's everything he appears to be. In person, I, I I apologize, but most people do not know my Jim Nance story. 
Um, I'm a couple of years older than he is, so he was in college when I was uh, just getting started in radio. And I was on a very powerful AM radio station at night, which is used to be where you'd start in radio. And he evidently used to listen to me when he was in his college dorm. And um, Freddie Couples, by the way, was uh, his roommate, I think, for a while in college. And um, so I'm this is years and years. I think you and I actually were together at this time. <clears throat> We'd already started the show. We, we definitely had. I think we'd been a radio couple for about 15 years. And so we were at the old station and I went out through the lobby to get something or, or say hello to somebody. And there is Jim Nance because the old station had a TV affiliate that was CBS. And he looked over at me and he went, Bob Lacey. And I looked and I didn't know that he was a listener when I was a kid. And I went, wow, Jim Nance, how are you? And he stopped and he went through the whole thing about listening to me when we were both very young. And I, I figured, well, that was a thrill. Three days later, I got a CBS sports cap in the mail from him. Oh, uh, just wow. A, I know. So my point is, that is oh how thoughtful. Yeah, that's how thoughtful a guy is. I, I've got to get up with him because I live near a course that, that he comes to once a year. I, I should I should try to have him over for a drink or something like that. But that doesn't surprise me. What a cool thing for him to do with that oh, voice, God. that <laughs> that unmistakable calm voice. What I loved about it was, let me see if I could get it up again. He does he does the the TV promo at yeah, the beginning. That's, that's the yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. That's the part I love about this. Yeah, yeah, on, just a second. Let me see if we can play this again. I don't. CBS begins with sixty minutes. And that's coming up after golf. David Lorenz continues to lead the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am by one over John Rahm. He's on the tee of the side. <laughs> that's funny that he did that. That really is funny that the CBS plug, you know, they Not have That's a good looking golf swing. So when the CBS uh, producers for 60 minutes go out of their minds when golf goes over, because, you know, people are tuning in to see CBS, and some of them might not stay with, the, with 60 minutes if it's not on. <laughs> I just think that guy, that guy is the luckiest golfer ever to have Jim Nance come. That's a nice golf swing. That, you'll be hearing that in your head as a golfer for the rest of with, your oh, life. Oh, your friends will be hearing that when you play golf yes. with them next time. Jim Guy says. Uh, I want you to hear something that uh, Jim Nance said the other day. <laughs> when we That's had great. Jim Nance in the studio, Jim Nance and I had something in common. And I'll tell you what we had in common. We both listened yeah. to Bob Lacey on late night radio with a radio under our pillow. We talked about it. Oh, because did when you he talk told to the him story, about that I talked to oh, him wow. about it. And, and then yeah. it was pointed out that he had made more out of his career or something than I had, which did hurt my feelings just a little bit. <laughs> oh, you know. oh, look at you, mister, on or top me. of the world. Yeah. We got morons in the news coming up. Comedian Tom Clark and the foods that are just as addictive as heroin. It's not hard to understand why. Because they are delicious. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast. Call
called the Oddcast. I was listening to the podcast with stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. Podcast. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast drops every Monday with uncensored conversations, special guests, and true crime time. That is 100% true. The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast called the Oddcast. I heard your podcast. Yes, please go on. On the free Bob and Sherry app or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Tonight, it's Bob and Sherry. Hey, we're doing something different and special tonight. We are moving our live happy hour to tonight, Wednesday night, one time only, because Heather had a commitment for Thursday and we didn't want to skip it. And it is True Weird Week on happy hour. So please get your tinfoil hat out of the closet and join me and Max and Heather Bob and Sherry's live virtual happy hour, 7 o'clock Eastern on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page, tonight only. Sherry and I are uneasy flyers. Um, we we think it started uh, when we were first on the road a lot, and we went through what we call Flight 666 on the way to Bangor, Maine. And this this plane just dropped. It, it felt like 10,000 feet in two seconds. And I mean the... Flight attendants' faces went ashen. It was and it was bumpy for twenty minutes, and it was just it was terrible, terrible flight. Um, so ever since then, we're just a little uneasy. And when I see certain stories about things happening with airplanes, they jump out at me, and I have to call Sherry right away. The first one is uh, it's not nothing bad happened. It was the JetBlue plane. They had all of the people disembark the plane. And then they were unloading some of the freight in the back of the plane. This is at JFK. And the plane's nose went up in the air like a seesaw. I'm looking at a picture. The The front wheels are off the ground and the plane is looking up at the clouds because there was too much weight in the back of the plane. That makes me very nervous. That is my daughter just, running ground operations at JFK? Because that's like the way she drives. Like, what? I know. It, it's just so odd that that would happen to the plane that you're going to get into that goes 700 miles an hour. You just say to yourself, no, they, they've thought of everything, so it's not a problem. But anyway, things were okay there. Uh, everybody uh, was safe. The other one? Oh, my God, this off-duty pilot uh, asked to uh, deadhead, which means it's a courtesy. If there's an open seat in the cockpit um, that's next to the two pilots, the pilot and the co-pilot, very often a pilot, even from another airline, can sit there. And that's what happened. Yeah, It's the jump seat. It was flight 2059. A day or so ago, uh, operated by Alaska Airlines subsidiary Horizon Air, it took off from Everett, Washington. It was bound for San Francisco when the jump seat occupant tried to disrupt the operation of the engines. He tried to shut down the engines, and he was going to do that. Somehow, uh, one of the fire extinguishers is connected to a sensor to one of the engines, and he knew this, and he was trying to set that off so the engines would shut down, would shut down, rather. Um, 
Somehow, the pilots, or I don't know who, got him out of the cockpit and subdued. This voice you're about to hear is the pilot. Listen to this, this purely American voice of an airline pilot with a guy who tried to kill everybody on the plane. Give you a heads up. We've got the uh, guy that tried to shut the engines down uh, out of the cockpit, um, and he uh, doesn't sound like he's causing any issue in the back right now. I think he's subdued. Other than that, uh, yeah, we want law enforcement as soon as we get on the ground and park. I mean, that's I ice that. water I in love... the veins. Listen to what he said. He went, ah, and other than that, <laughs> oh, is there more? <laughs> We Give you a heads up. Nuts. We've got the uh, guy that tried to shut the engines down uh, out of the cockpit, um, and he uh, doesn't sound like he's causing any issue in the back right now. I, I think he's subdued. Other than that, uh, yeah, we want law enforcement as soon as we get on the ground and park. Do you know what it would sound like if Bob and Sherry were the pilot and co-pilot <laughs> after going through a situation? Say, hello, hello, somebody just tried to set the engines on fire, I think. Shut them down Some with a beep. fire extinguisher. Who's, it would, it who would sound that like ticket? out. Who sold that ticket to that? Did Tony sell that guy a ticket? Did Tony? It would, <laughs> what it would really sound like is an outtakes from a Sopranos episode that never aired. What the? Going, this That's guy, true. God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they didn't, they didn't know that guy. He was not even with their airlines. Should should that be allowed anymore? Is is this going to change? I think yes. Things? I think this is an unusual situation. Just crazy can come from yeah. anywhere. Most of them, yeah. Most yeah. of them are not trying to kill themselves. I mean, I think. No, that's true. And the, that's true. And if I if I read correctly, the pilot that was deadheading that did this was like having a nervous breakdown. So, yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, he needs me, help. Yeah. Let me just say, if you want to end it all and you're a pilot, go ahead and rent a little Piper Cub. Fly it into the middle of the desert and, you know, do it that way. Please don't involve 250 other souls. people. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. But you know what? Whatever they do to these pilots in pilot school, they are as smooth as and under control doing it right anything oh yeah yeah that's oh, right yeah. yeah go to bobandcherry.com to nominate a teacher to win a three-night vacation for two to margaritaville beach resort fort myers beach plus round trip airfare and vehicle rental from visit florida that's b-o-b-a-n-d-s-h-e-r-i.com morons in the news is next it's bob and sherry Morons in the News is sponsored by Lowe's. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's knows pros. Let's do it. It's Bob and Sherry. Get these morons off the air. With Morons in the News. I could not believe that this happened. I don't know if you saw the image of this. Michigan State University has apologized for images of Adolf Hitler that were displayed on the video boards at its football stadium before a game on Saturday night. The persons who were responsible were fired, and it was it, it, it was a trivia game that they were playing with the audience. So the audience is probably, what do you think, 50, 60,000 people? And up on the screen is 
a big picture of a smiling Adolf Hitler, and you had to guess where was he born? And the answer, of course, if you know you're into World War II history, is Austria. People went out of their minds, and uh, an investigation was done. The university hired a third party to uh, put together the show, to put together the quiz. That company has been fired. That's that's where it went wrong. So now you say to yourself, inside of that company, who made that choice to put Adolf Hitler on a screen at a football field? And you know what I think it was? I think they hired somebody, and this is a person that is very young. Nothing against the young. There are a lot of our youth that know about history. But this person did not and thought that this was just another guy in that thing that happened to my grandfather's era and world war, my great grandfather's era world war II, and this is one of those guys let's put him in there and ask where was he born that had to be it because yeah. anybody that really knew anything about history would never do that yeah. no no i think that is the behavior of a complete ignoramus lamar over in Akron, Ohio, employees at Arlington Auto Wrecking in Akron got creative when they realized a man had broken into one of their cars, and they went to extreme measures to make sure he could not escape. When those employees realized that a man had broken into the vehicle, they lifted the car up with their forklift and left him hanging in the air until police <laughs> arrived. So he's so this is a 911 call. So he's still in the car about 20 feet in the air up on with the loader. That's what he told the 911 operator. And the operator says, that's wonderful. This is the greatest thing I've ever heard. We'll get somebody to you right away. <laughs> And the employees told the police that they were sick and tired of people breaking in. So when they caught this man who had broken into one of their cars for what they claimed was the third time, they weren't taking any chances. Uh, Alexander Funk got charged for criminal trespassing and possessing criminal tools because he was wearing a backpack that had a Sawzall cutting tool and Sawzall blades and some other hand tools. And the cop says, man, here's the deal. There's a lot going on here. There's a serious amount of break-ins, and you've got all this stuff. What do you What do you got the sawzall fall for? And the guy goes, "Well, to get the copper, to be honest with you, brother, I'm not going to lie. He'll be in court on the criminal trespassing charges, and I'm pretty sure he's going to jail." <laughs> but you know what well, could happen, Lamar? You know what could happen? He sues the auto dealership for endangering his life. Yeah, that's always that's a possibility. What, that, that, that's what we do in America. Sorry, Sheriff. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Today's moron of the day comes to us off the uh, Chinese social platform Weibo. Uh, Lamar, let me make sure I say this right. It's the Chinese beard Sing Tao. Is that how you say yes, that? Yes, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Well, um, Sing Tao, their shares on the Shanghai Stock Exchange dropped significantly um, twice last week. After a video was released of a worker unzipping and peeing into a vat of no. Tsingtao beer. Yeah. I know they hate Americans, but no. <laughs> well, this has nothing yeah. to do. I mean, this is them on that. This is them on them violence. This has nothing to do with America. Yeah, but they it's sell, a Chinese. They sell that beer here, don't they, Lamar? Yeah. Oh, they well, they do. To me, they, not, not, yeah. To me, I always thought like, wow, this tastes a little bit like 
but now I know why <laughs> it legitimately is. Yeah, now, right. the employee who did it is not a worker at Tsingdao at the brewery, but someone hired by a third party to, like, load and unload beer trucks. And the video caught him unzipping and urinating into the vat. And here's what we don't know. We don't know if that's a one-off. We don't know if that's a one and only time, yeah, which is why yeah. they're, they're, the price of Tsingtao uh, stock is dropping. Because a lot also, of people are also, looking we've at not this heard of him. A, we've not heard of this man of being alive anymore, have we? We no. don't know where he's at. No. Yeah, that's true, too. That's We're true like, too. I don't know, man. Is that like... Does that happen in all the time? We've got the video. We'll share it over at the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Straight ahead, comedian Tom Clark. And the foods that are more addictive than heroin. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate. Happy hour, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Tonight, it's Bob and Sherry. We're going back in time as far as the airports go. Do you remember when, like, you took somebody to the airport, you would actually park the car, get out, and go with them, give them their last hug, go to the wind and wave as they get on the plane? Well, oh, that has yeah. not been happening. Yeah, that has not been happening since 9-11. That, we put a stop right. to that. On right. November the 1st, Philadelphia International Airport will debut Wingmate. It's a program that allows some non-travelers to apply for passes that will let them access the post-security area of the domestic section of the airport. And Philadelphia is not the only one. Uh, Tulsa, Detroit, Seattle, and New Orleans are among other American airports that are going to run uh, similar programs. This is really great news for anybody that wants to surprise their loved one with an airport proposal, not to mention the huge break for romantic comedies. Now you got 20 <laughs> minutes to get to the airport and stop them people before they leave because you actually do love them, you know? Oh, that's such good. a good point. That's so true. This, but this is great news. I think it is so cool that you can, you know, go see your loved one, you know, off. For us, yeah, for us, because Kaylee, because when, there when there Kaylee are some come, people that they've 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 not flown before or they haven't flown in years. They're yes, elderly, or if, or if it's a young like child that. going to see a yeah. grandparent or something, you want to be with them as well, long as as long as you can. Unaccompanied minors are the only way that you've been able to do that. Because when my yeah, girls were right. littler and I would fly them to their grandparents, I'd get a pass and go through security so that I could make a scene. Running along the window, waving at the plane, you know, like you do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there are, you know, there are a lot of people. I just had a friend whose elderly father flew in, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were like devastated that he had to navigate the airport by himself. Yeah. An airport he'd never been in before. Yeah. It's it can't not easy scary. to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and is. a big one. So this is good news. That's good this news. This is real good yeah. news. Yep. This is Bob and Cherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Exergen. Accuracy matters, so make Exergen the chosen thermometer for your home and family. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Tom Clark. You gotta have fun, folks. Here's something fun you can do. Next time you're at a coffee shop, you see somebody working on their laptop, set your laptop right across from theirs and go, B7, B7. (laughs) (laughs) Hit or miss, what do I got? Hit or miss. I like to do this. If I see somebody log into their Facebook page, I like to get their name, take a picture of the back of their head, make that my profile picture, and then send them a friend request. 
rocks just scare the heck out of them. They're like, hey, we're gonna be buddies, yeah. Gotta have fun, folks. I like to argue with people on Facebook. You ever argue with people on Facebook? Oh, yeah. Not in this day and age, of course. Uh, <laughs> no, I love to argue with people on Facebook, but I like to get like 50 comments going back and forth and then delete all my comments. <laughs> so they just look like a crazy person arguing with themselves. coffee shop today and I'm standing in line. You ever standing in line somewhere and someone stands really close behind you, you know? Can feel their hot, creepy breath against your neck. So do you want to cuddle? What are you doing? So here's what I like to do when that happens, right? I'll just lean back and whisper in their ear, I hope this line lasts forever. <laughs> that usually works, yeah. You ever accidentally start a line? You know? You're just standing around at the bank waiting for a friend, you know? Some people are lining up behind you. Is this a line for the loans? Yep. I don't care, I got three hours to kill. Screw up your day. Are you ever standing in line and a couple in front of you is making out? I don't know what to do, right? So I'll just start softly stroking the girl's hair. <laughs> I'm next. <laughs> That's why I got in this line. <laughs> Speaking of creepy, how about this moon? Holy man. Right? It's such a creepy moon. It's like, oh, <laughs> I think the stars have a restraining order against it. Uh, still over there, Moon. Uh, oh man, they, they put me up in a hotel. I'm on the, I'm on the elevator. You ever on the elevator by yourself, and then somebody else gets on, right? You guys gotta go to those neutral corners, you know, like you're gonna wrestle or something, right? You guys get that weird greeting. It's like a combination of hello and how are you, but it makes no sense. Like hey, hi, hey, hey, hey. You actually respond the same way. Hey, 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 hey. I went sort of 19 floors with this guy, didn't say a word to me, gets off the elevator, he's like, see you later. <laughs> see me later? Are you following me? <laughs> I had one lady get off the elevator and she's like, thank you. I didn't invent the elevator, lady. <laughs> I think if anything, once you get off the elevator, you just insult the person, right? Just get over there. See you later, stinky pants. <laughs> I, like, I don't have stinky pants, why don't you say that? How do you know I have stinky pants? <laughs> Here's something fun. Next time you're on the elevator, the person asks you, what floor do you want? Just look at them and go, same floor as you. <laughs> I like to do this as the elevator doors are closing. I'll just start running toward it with an out of order sign. Wait! <laughs> floor? That's embarrassing, right? You guys feel the need to have to explain it to everyone else in the elevator? Do you care less? Like, oh, I thought that was three, but it's only two. I didn't know when numerically. 
I'm from Milwaukee. <laughs> that is comedian Tom Clark. We'll post his setup at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Just click the menu tab. Look for Everyone Needs a Laugh. And while you're there, why not sign up for the Bob and Sherry newsletter? We never spam you. It's just loaded with fun stuff and even contests and all sorts of cool things. Also at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. We are moving our live happy hour to tonight, Wednesday night. One time only because Heather had a commitment for Thursday. Bob and Sherry's live virtual happy hour, 7 o'clock Eastern on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page, tonight only. I can't remember if it was Instagram or Facebook, and, and I came on Carla, Lamar's wife, and she had posted a photo, I guess it was taken a few weeks ago maybe, um, of the two of you, or maybe it was even longer than that, because the two of you were in black tie, like Lamar was all like in a tux, and yeah. Carla was in this beautiful evening gown. What was what was that? It was that her. Uh, it was her. Her real estate uh, where she works. Uh, they had their big meeting, and it's tons of people, and they have a huge band, and it's it's a really big thing. It's their year end year end party, and so it is black tie. And uh, here here's the deal. The tuxedo is doing all the work. I promise you, if you're a guy and you put on a tuxedo that fits you and you don't look good, then you're done. <laughs> you're just done. There's no hope for you. There's no hope for you. But you can be, I don't care. You can be hanging up on Notre Dame, ringing the bells up there, whatever. But you put a tuxedo on and, man, you're good to go. I mean, it really is. It makes all the difference. I think you're you're so right. Like I've never seen a guy in a tuxedo mm-hmm. who who you didn't go, mm, you look good. Like yes. what is it? Like um, when you were wearing that tux, and because let's face it, most of us like you wear a tux at prom, you wear a tux at a wedding, and then maybe you don't ever really wear one again. It's not it's not a thing that most people do on the regular. I mean, most of us are just not you know on the red carpet. But when you put that thing on, Lamar, tell me you didn't think to yourself, I should go out once a week someplace fancy no, so I can listen, wear Listen, let me tell you something. If I could find a place that made you wear one of them, I'd go there every week. Because I'm telling you, you never feel better than when you're in it. That's why James Bond always wore a tux. You can't beat it. You cannot beat it. It's just, you know, mm-mm. No, it's and, the deal. and I'm sure I'm sure Carla loved it too. Like even though yes. you guys have been together forever, you can't tell me it isn't like really awesome. Listen, guys, guys, if you're listening to this, listen to me. I don't care what you think in your head. Every once in a while, your wife wants you to put on some clothes, put on a jacket, <laughs> learn to tie a tie. Do I'm telling you, they love it. Women love that. They love it. I, mm, I, I hear people all the time, oh, God, I'm going to have to wear a sport coat. Really? What, has <laughs> it got nails inside? Is it stabbing you? I'm not understanding this. I'm not understanding this. It, listen, listen, guys, trust me. The sport coat feels the same as a Carhartt jacket when you put it on. It feels exactly the same. It just looks better. I mean, go somewhere. Listen, I, I, I refuse. Now, Carla and I, we go to... When we go to anywhere that's got anything to do with anything, I, I at least put on a sport coat. I mean, come on. But you've it's always like better to be overdressed. Up. 
Yes. You're a fancy yes. man. You like getting dressed up. It's already it's always better to be overdressed than underdressed. Oh, that's well, true. Uh, I will tell you that Max enjoys putting on a suit. Yes. Um, yes, and he, he looks enjoy, great in a suit. Mm-hmm, a suit and maybe even a hat. Oh, like, why? I hate Max. I hate him. He can wear that fedora, and he looks as cool as Sinatra. I put he on the fedora, dashing. and I look like some frat kid. Some <laughs> oh god, <sighs> makes me so mad. Makes me so mad. He does such a great. And job. I can't remember the last time I bought a suit new. I buy <laughs> to buy them used online. Well, didn't didn't you get you like get a Hugo suits? Boss? Yes, or oh, or I, something? I, I've got. I've got a couple, three Hugo Boss suits that I bought uh, online used, and you have to be kind of careful about it because let's just say it's 42 long. Well, 42 long for one person can mean something else and the way it's altered and everything else. So I'm very careful about it when I do it. But, yeah, I've gotten some beautiful suits, and I don't care if somebody else wore them. (laughs) You know, what what do I care? Nobody's going to go, hey, that suit looks hot. Do you know what I mean? I mean, and and who knows? Maybe they fall off a truck. Who knows? It's a dangerous I, world. I love thrifting. First of all, it's a super sustainable way to shop, yeah. right? Because instead of throwing money at like trendy fast fashion and stuff, you're you know you're kind of re- reduce, reuse, recycle, right? So it's super sustainable, and it's really affordable. And about I don't know, maybe three weeks ago, um, I was thrifting with one of my girlfriends, and I got this sassy beautiful diane von furstenberg dress with the tag still on it like yeah shut up it was crazy I'm like who bought this never wore it and then gave it away like donated it thank you whoever you were thank you very much because yeah. i snapped that bad boy right up don't you dare defend buying Hugo Boss suits on the internet. Why would you pay for that? And listen, guys. Listen, guys. If you're a young guy in your 20s, early 30s, buy tux. Buy plain black tux. And you know what? Keep it in your closet. You can get a plain black tux used at a really good price. Yes. And you'll be shocked at how many times you use it in your life. And your wife will love it. She will love it. And. It like you said, Lamar. It's not like it's filled with pointy things that stab <laughs> no, you. No, it's itchy. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page tonight. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob, I keep forgetting to tell you, I have had so many emails and DMs about your Halloween costume that you and Mary went. <laughs> when was that party? Last yeah. Friday, Saturday? I can't even remember. It um, was last Saturday night, yeah. I just posted so, the picture, like, uh, I think on Monday. Mary went as Barbie and Bob went as Ken. And, of course, Bob's job is microphone <laughs> because that's what <laughs> that's what Ken does. But all of these, and it was all, it was men and women, and they were all like, you know, Bob and Mary rocked it. Bob wins husband of the week. Like, he looked like he really enjoyed being Ken. He talks, he protests, he talks a good game, but you know he loved every second of it. And I have to say, in the pictures, you did look like you were having a very good time. It was a great group of people, and I'm uncomfortable with strangers. I've got a little bit of, despite what I do, social anxiety, but I fake it pretty good. Um, and, and then, you know, I usually will loosen up. And I decided uh, that 
I was going to really embrace this party because we were invited to this party from a listener, a Bob and Sherry listener. Mary and I were at dinner, and I'm not going to mention her name because I don't think she wants it broadcast. But uh, when they were leaving, the couple, when they were leaving, the lady said, are you Bob? And I went, yes. And she and Mary started talking. And they have been communicating, and we were invited to the party, and it was a Bob and Sherry listener. And it was great. Everybody there was uh, all dressed up. Um, Mary just went all out with her 80s Barbie thing with the pink leggings and, and all. Mine was a costume that came, the Ken costume, has great big letters if you haven't seen it. You, you can go to Bob and Sherry face page and see it. And it says, just in giant letters, Ken, and in pink. And then a little heart below the giant letters, Ken, it says Barbie in a heart. And then multicolored, uh, like coaches, shiny shorts. And I, I embraced this. I went out to a local department store and I found pink socks with little cacti on it that I could wear with the slides, which I think really made the outfit. I'm glad I, I went agree. and yeah. embellished it a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I was expecting somebody that wasn't wearing a costume. There were two guys that did not wear costumes. They had, they were playing golf and they came directly from the golf course. And I thought there was going to be a guy that would look at the giant letters, Ken, and say, uh, who are you going as? And I even had my answer, Darth Vader. I'm, I'm Darth Vader this, this year, but nobody did that. Everybody thought it was cool. And I had a great time. Listen, I've seen some of those guys come off the golf course. How the heck did you know they weren't in costume? Some of them just look so that's true. silly to me in yeah, the outfits yeah, that's that they true. were to play golf in. Yeah, that's what do you, I true. mean, why would you care if if Ken taught us anything in the movie Barbie? Um, why would you care what the other Kens think of you? The only person whose opinion matters is your Barbies. And she thought you looked amazing. Well, the, the only thing that really mattered to me was that my wife was going to have a good time because she loves to dress up like this. And uh, on her birthday, it's always a theme, a hat birthday, a, a 007 birthday for Mary. She just loves this. And I just said to myself, now, listen, I don't care about your social anxiety. I don't care that you'd rather be watching a movie at home. I don't care about it. You want to pet your dog. You get into this, buddy. Because if you don't get into this, the only other person you have a choice of actually being is a grumpy man. And you no, but no woman wants to be with a grumpy man. <laughs> they just, more, wouldn't you say, out of all of the things, and I'm, I'm excluding like serial killer, okay, uh, and, and abuser. Wouldn't you say that gr the grumpy man is the man that married women after a certain amount of years want to be no, with the least? We don't, we don't want it. I'm going to just be honest with right. you. Because here's the thing. Isn't life aggravating enough? And after, like, we've been dealing with life all day, whatever your life looks like. Maybe you are a nurse and you work at a hospital with sick people all day. You're a teacher. You're chasing kids around all day. You've got a difficult, exhausting job. You sat in traffic. You stopped at the grocery store because it's your job to figure out what everybody's going to eat for the rest of their lives. You come home, you deal with the pets, you deal with the house, you throw a load of laundry in, and then here comes grouchy McAngry pants? No. Sorry. No, Absolutely that's right. not. 
And Absolutely you know, we all not. we all get grumpy from now now and then. We had a bad day at work or whatever it may be. But when it's you can tell that your wife is really excited about this event, do not ruin it because you will pay for a long time. <laughs> Many more hours than that four hours at the party if you if you become McGrumpy Pants. Well, what ends up happening, and we've all seen this, do it enough, complain enough, be um, pissy and angry enough, and after a while, slowly but surely, you'll find yourself more and more left at home. Yeah, that's right. Until She'll one say, day, I'm going to go until, go with my yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. Until one day you look up and you realize that one of you has a social life. And the yeah, other one right. has an attitude. <laughs> yeah. I had a great that's time. No and thank to you to everybody who commented. They, those were wonderful comments. And uh, I just had a blast. I, I'm so I'm glad. glad. I yeah. Yeah. It's Bob and Sherry. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. I got to say, the revelations that are pouring out of this Britney Spears memoir, some of mm-hmm. them are like, what? And some of them are like, what? Here's one of those. So after the breakup with Justin Timberlake, Spears moved, Britney Spears moved alone into Cher's former apartment in New York City. And Madonna came to visit. Wait, wait. Really? The trifecta. She's in Cher's apartment. Madonna Mm -hmm. comes to visit. Uh, Mm -hmm. Britney writes, stunningly beautiful. Madonna exuded power and confidence. She walked straight to the window looked out, turned around and said, nice view. Brittany said, I needed guidance at that time. I was confused about my life and she tried to mentor me. She told me I should be sure to take time out for my soul and I tried to do that. She modeled a type of strength for me that I needed to see. Our friendship is real and genuine and she's been very important to me. When I when I think about the power vortex of... Yeah. Britney Spears in Cher's apartment being visited by Madonna. How was the entire world not sucked into a black hole and annihilated in that moment? She's Madonna is actually the perfect person to be a mentor to Britney Spears because, uh, first of all, they both have the same sort of quality to their voices, that, that little girl sort of voice that they really use in a sexy, powerful way. And Madonna knows exactly what Britney Spears goes through when she walks off the stage. I mean, it's a perfect mentor. The age difference, everything. I think you're right. And who who knows better what that life is like than Madonna? Right, right. You know, what it's like to be in that um, isolated spotlight. Now, she also takes a swing at um, Kevin Federline, her former husband. Um, mm-hmm. She said that he changed. She watched him change in slow motion when fame and money entered his life. And she talks about how when K-Fed shaved his head and um, was going to make a hip-hop album, Britney writes, he really thought he was a rapper. Bless his heart. He did take it so seriously. Oh, Ouch! Wow. That Ouch. would hurt. That Ooh, would really it's hurt. It's Bob yeah. and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Tonight, it's Bob and Sherry. It is talk back time. You can call us on the phone at 844-52-SHERI, or if you have our app, which is totally free in Google Play and the Apple Store, 
Um, you can use it to listen to the show and all of our podcasts, including Talking Lamar and True Weird Stuff. You can text the studio and you can tap that little cartoon microphone in the bottom center of the screen and talk and the app will get your message to us. Hey, Bob and Sherry. I'm stuck in traffic, so I figured I'd leave you a message since I'm listening to the October 6th episode. Um, Bob, you're talking about the post that you saw where did anybody grow up eating cinnamon and sugar on buttered toast? Um, is there any other way to eat it on toast? Like, have you ever sprinkled dry ingredients on toast and then tried to eat it? If you don't choke um, or suffocate like from inhaling it straight into your lung, the, the butter soaks it up and makes it awesome. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. Anyway, that was my two cents. Also, it's not at all like jelly on toast on a cool fall morning like Lamar. Lamar's voice, actually. Um, anyway, love your show. Bye. Hi, Bob and Jerry. It's me again. <laughs> I'm not in traffic anymore. I'm actually parked. Um, after the toast message, I feel like I leave a lot of toast messages for you guys. Because I called over the summer and I mentioned about <laughs> how if you read an email in Lamar's voice, it's like butter on toast on a cool fall morning, blah, blah, blah. And, um, well, that became a thing. So anyway, like a couple mornings later, I got up and I made my breakfast and my husband walks out to the kitchen and he says, so I see we're having Lamar for breakfast. And then he kind of gave me a side <laughs> eye and he walked away. So Poopsie is jealous, but he's heavily insured and needs my health plan. So anyway, I had to suck up to him for a couple of days and now I have to eat toast in private because toast makes him jealous. Anyway, I married him because he's pretty, not because he's practical. And Lamar, your voice totally is like butter on toast. So that's all I have to say about that. And I'm hoping this one goes through. The last one did, which shocked me. Anyway, must be a Sunday thing. Who knows? Bye. Hi again, guys. I feel like I leave a lot of toast messages. And I remembered something after I hit send, and I was surprised that it sent so that I got totally distracted and wish that I had mentioned this. Anyhow, over the summer, I left the message about Lamar on toast, blah, blah, blah. Wasn't actually Lamar, let's be clear. Anyway... In that message, or after that message, Bob, you said that I felt familiar to you, that you felt like you knew me. And I have to say that was a huge relief because you joined me in the shower just about every day. And now that Lamar's here, well, anyway, I'm glad you remembered me, buddy. Love your show. Bye. This is what happens when you're on your wife's insurance plan. You lose all power, and you become poopsy. You become poopsy. Hey, the not-so-bright poopsy. Listen, Lamar, I mean, can you even, yeah. can your head fit in the room? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's so shocked that uh, he can't speak. He's standing here in the shower. <laughs> well, we all, we all are. I'm not sure exactly what that says. That's one nickname you haven't. There he is. That's one nickname you haven't had is Poopsie. I mean Lamar, right? Listen, in the middle of that, I went in and put me some bread in the toaster because I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I I never think about people like uh, taking a shower listening to us, but I guess you know it's. Butter on toast. I love you just that. if you if you have a radio, you know. I can't it, imagine a better compliment than your voice is no, like butter on toast because butter good on one. toast is it's an yeah. awesome thing. It's, it's awesome a good one. Yeah. All right, we've well, got another you. one. We've got another yeah. one here. Hey, Bob and Cherry. I was just on my way to work listening to the radio, and I heard you talking about the human Satan guy and 
Sherry brought up what Lamar's co-worker Tater had said, what you ate don't make me fat. Well, what you eat can disgust me, though. So, you know, there is that. <laughs> what is what, what was he referring to? The, the human man. Satan, yeah. the guy that just had his Cut hands. Cut his ears off and everything. Cut his ears oh, and yeah. nose off, and he had fingers yeah. amputated to make claws. He's, he's married. I, that, I mean, uh, there's someone for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Fair enough, though. That is a fair point that we oh, cannot yeah. argue. It's yeah. Bob and Sherry. Use the talk back, feature talk back feature on the free Bob and Sherry app and leave us a message. Go on over to BobandSherry.com to win a strength and comfort breast recovery pillow from Check Feather and Down. Handcrafted to fit snugly under the arm to relieve pressure and discomfort after a mastectomy, lumpectomy, or a reduction. B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry, go. All right, this is super cool. Ed Sheeran played Detroit for the first time ever in his career. And he asked the audience if they would mind doing, if he did a cover song from, uh, for his, from his idol. And then his idol walked out on stage and joined him. And the crowd went wild. Here it is. said his idol from Detroit I was just thinking like maybe it was somebody connected to Motown I had totally forgotten that Eminem still lives there Eminem yeah 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 that's great he said he said that it was so surreal to be on stage with Eminem <laughs> that he couldn't he was out of I his bet. body um and and Ed Sheeran covering Lose Yourself is an unexpected choice for sure. Not necessarily the one that, like one I would have picked, but um, it's really fun. We'll post the video so you can watch. You can even see on Ed Sheeran's face, like, I can't believe this. Like, what? how much fun That's very having. cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I read a little interview with Ed Sheeran last week, and he was talking about um, songs that, you know, he maybe regretted releasing. And you know the song Perfect, which is the most beautiful yes. love song? Yeah. It's at everybody's wedding now. I mean, you hear it and you just think, oh, that's all I've ever wanted in life is this is to live this song. 
he kind of regrets releasing that because it was um, he wrote it for his girlfriend, who is now his wife, and they have children together. Her name is Cherry Seaborn. Um, he wrote it for her, and it was just this private little thing, and it ended up on the album. And now, you know, he's not sure that he maybe should have kept that one private. I'm glad he didn't because it's such a gorgeous song. Listen. Barefoot on the cross, listening to our favorite song. When you said you looked a mess, I whispered underneath my breath, but you heard it, darling. You with Andrea Bocelli. Sei la mia donna La forza delle onde del mare Con i miei sogni, i miei segreti Molto di più Spero che un giorno L'amore che ci ha accompagnato Diventi casa, la mia famiglia, diventi noi. E siamo sempre bambini, ma nulla impossibile. That's lovely. That is really lovely. I'll tell you, though, he's at a point in his career when he can say, you know, I, I don't know if I would have really released that again. Back then, when he was coming up, he would have released it. Oh, yeah. It's it, it's easier to say that later on in your career, but this is one of the songs that made it. That bought some I love this right song. there. It did, yeah. yeah. I love this song. Because you can picture it. If you're if you're lucky, maybe yeah. you've even lived a moment like that. And you right. know what that you know what that is. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad he released it because it's just one of those things that's so universal. And of course, Andreas Bocelli could sing There Was a Farmer Who Had a Dog. And as soon as he does it, it becomes a timeless masterpiece, right? We'll get this posted up on the uh, Bob and Sherry Facebook. Straight ahead, foods that are as addictive as heroin. It's not your fault that we all lack self-control around them. It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is sponsored by State Farm? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I don't believe this. I cannot believe this. Can you not put down that bag of potato chips? Hey, mm-hmm. science says it's not you, it's the junk food. <laughs> Ultra processed foods are. UPFs are just as addictive as nicotine, cocaine, or heroin. That's what experts say. And more than one in ten, excuse me, one in ten people are hooked. A new analysis of 281 studies across 36 different countries has uncovered that a staggering 14% of adults are hooked on these things. And, you know, the finding is very shocking, given that UPFs, now here's what I want you to think, sausage, ice cream, biscuits, soft drinks, sugary cereals, they've all been previously linked to cognitive decline and cancer. 
because the combination of refined carbohydrates and fats often found in UPFs seem to have a superior additive effect on brain reward systems. And it, it actually may increase the addictive potential of these foods. Many UPFs, <clears throat> for, for many people, are very addictive. Um, Arthur uh, Van Tulken says, he says in an article that when people experience food addiction, it is almost always UPF. And this is so true. I, I mean, Sherry, we've talked about this before. The sugar, the fat, the salt, that perfect combination, your body cannot resist it. It just can't. Um, so this is this isn't just like salty foods are super addictive or sugary no, foods no. are super addictive. This is processed, processed highly processed foods. foods. Yes, gotcha. now this makes perfect sense. Naturally sourced foods tend to have more carbohydrates or more fats, but not high levels of both. Where UPFs have disproportionately higher levels of both. Here's an example. If an apple has 55 calories from carbs, it has less than two calories from fat. But a chocolate bar has 237 calories from carbs and 266 calories from fat. So putting both of those together is what makes it so delicious, and it hits the the receptors in your brain. It makes you want it over and over and over. And And it's as addictive as heroin. Wow. Yes. And it's they say that this also, the sugary and fatty foods like that, they make healthier alternatives less appealing. And the brain gets rewired so that when you see the good food, but you know there's some chips over there, you're going to be pulled over to the chips. And, and, and then here's the other deal. And I've had this happen to me. If I'm eating something bad and trying to get away with it, you'll eat some and walk away. But then you you get that dopamine rush, but then it's followed by a drop, and you want to eat it again, and you go back to the cabinet. That's why every trip I go through the kitchen, I grab an Oreo, because by the time I come back around, hell, I want another one. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I know they say it's as addictive as heroin, but I've never known anybody to knock over a convenience store for a case of potato chips. I mean, I'm just saying. If they're ruffles, I might do something about it. I'm not sure. I mean, it's (laughs) possible. But now, not everybody's susceptible. So what they're saying is, like, addictive products are not addictive for everybody. Almost 90% of people can try alcohol and not develop a problematic relationship. A lot of people can try cigarettes. Or some people can even try cocaine and walk away from it. But the addictive properties of UPFs have prompted some people to say they should come with a tobacco-style advisory on on the side of the chips or whatever. Because uh, there's just no escaping uh, ultra-processed foods. They're everywhere. And trying to quit UPFs now is like trying to quit smoking in the 60s. So, you know, here's the deal. So, I always think of Max's mom and dad. Moderation in anything is safe, but it has to be moderation. You shouldn't have more than 10% or 20% of your calories coming from processed, super-processed foods. So I'm trying to think, like, of all of the really processed foods, I used to really like sugar a lot more than I do. Now I'm all about the salt. So I could oh, I could salt. pass. Now, or there's something in Oreos. We have to talk about how Oreo cookies are, like, their own category. Because even if you're not a person who likes sweets, 
Oreos manages to have just enough bitter on that chocolate cookie to balance out that hyper sweet creamy filling to where you, you cannot it's Oreo not found too that sweet. combination. Yeah. They're famous for that combination of sugar, fat, and salt. They got the combination to where it just sends you into mm. just it's awesome. I can't, awesome. I can't, I don't buy them. I can't even tell you the last time I bought a package of Oreo cookies because they're like they're they they're calling to you while you sleep. We're in the kitchen. You didn't eat all of us yet. Eat me. Come eat me. Put me in your mouth. Eat me. Eat me. And then Nabisco comes out with something called Oreo Thins, which is just a fancy way. Yeah. It's a, here's the Oreo Thins. You're not satisfied. You're going to need to eat me. I like to dip them in peanut butter because it's a protein. How are you alive? You are I such have no an idea. How are you <laughs> My alive? blood pressure is absolutely perfect. I don't this, understand it. I really don't. Like, that sounds the really man good. brushes his he brushes his teeth with Cool Whip. <laughs> he shampoos and ice cream. <laughs> what the hell? It's Bob Woo. and Sherry. Bob and Sherry live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tonight live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. So just for fun during the break, I googled most addictive cookie. And the answer was Oreo cookies. A group of students and a professor of neuroscience did a test with laboratory rats at Connecticut College. And they found out that the rats were as addicted to Oreo cookies, (laughs) specifically Oreos, as they were to cocaine or morphine. (laughs) So not only are Oreos America's favorite cookie and so delicious. Like, have you ever met a person that doesn't like an Oreo cookie? So for this experiment, they gave Oreos to rats on one side of the maze. And on the other side of the maze, they gave them rice cakes. Now, I'm not saying those rats should have banded together and gone all Ben on the situation. But if you knew that your friends were getting Oreos and you were getting rice cakes, come on. Anyway, here's what they here's what they learned. Um, they gave the rats the option to go to either side of the maze, and then they measured how long they went there. Every rat that tasted an Oreo cookie would not leave the Oreo cookie side of the maze for anything. Lady rat, yeah. music, anything. They were like, we're not going anywhere, man. This is where the Oreos are. We're going to sit right here until the Oreos come back. Meanwhile, the rice cake rats, the rice cake rats were going over the wall to get to the <laughs> Oreo side. Of course they were. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm not shocked that, at that at all. That I was. That reminds me. So I'm scrolling my, my Instagram, and, and one of these food influencers is like, craving Nutella? Put a little smear on a rice cake. Mallory, I've never hated myself that much. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to be able to do it. I'm like those rats. I'm coming over the wall to get an Oreo. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Podcast. Okay, Sherry, I'm going to talk to you directly for a moment here. I would like to uh, tell you about um, what I am experiencing in my life right now. But I do not want you to glom onto it. 
and um, make me feel worse than I feel. Okay. Have so you done something you, foolish you, in your marriage? No, 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 not at all. I just um, do not want you to say that in your head that you have an opening to add on to this, okay? In a negative way. I can't even say it in my me. head. You now you want to control my thoughts. You can say it. In, you oh, you'll be saying it in your head, but you cannot. You cannot let the words come out. All okay. right, because that would all make right. me Fair feel enough. bad. Fair all enough. Right. Okay. Good enough. Well, over here at the house, we're going into what is it? Week three of Bob is not helpless. <laughs> Um, my wife can, because she was a single mom, she, if something is broken, she figures it out. Like we had a broken, uh, doorknob thing and she got online. She looked at how to, how to fix it. She ordered a doorknob. She found a guy to weld it. And then she put the damn thing on. I can't, I can't do things like that. And she says, yeah, you can. All you got to do is want to do it. Bob is not helpless. You can go on Google. There's there's a Google film for everything, video for everything. I'm just I'm just not drawn to doing that stuff. But she's been pushing me and pushing me. She said, you'll save money. Bob is not helpless. Well, in the cabinet right above our main TV, that's where I store my radio gear. And the hinge broke. It's one of those hinges that kind of snaps in. And then it has screws. It's really, I hate these kind of hinges. And the hinge finally came apart. And I got up because she said, I I can't take it. You got to fix that thing where your radio gear is. Fix that. You know, you got to get the the piece back in. So I got on my stool and I'm up there and I'm going, this screw, this screw. And I got her drill. She's got a drill. And I go right the right bit and I drilled into it. And I made the screw go in even worse. And, and then I got another drill to go. I, I mean, I switched it around. I figured out how to do that. Tried to get the, get the screw out, but it doesn't come fully out because it's kind of stripped. So I said, what am I going to do now? I cannot fix this thing. And I went to Google. And Google said, you got to get pliers that lock. That's the only thing that will do it. So now I've got to go get pliers that lock over at the hardware store and figure out if I can do that. Because we now live in a world in my house where Bob is not helpless. Hmm. And I'm not liking this. Let me ask you a I'm question. Not, I'm not Let liking this. Ask, ask, ask me anything. When Mary says, Bob is not helpless, you know that you could say, yes, he is. And then, oh, I can't then, say that. I can't say you could. Words. What are you oh, sure you could. Oh, no, sure you I could. Can't. Yeah. Oh, sure you could. You could. And then you I'm wouldn't have say- to do any of these things and have all this like extra work and now probably added expense because you have to hire a carpenter or whatever. You could. It would be so much cheaper and quicker to just go. Oh, yes, he is. No woman wants to hear, "I am helpless," coming out of the lips of a guy that's trying to uh, force her for some uh, frisky time. That does not play well. Well, that's not when you that's not when you say it. You say it when there's power tools involved. You, you don't say you're helpless in other times, just in this one instance. I'm gonna I you think, think I'm gonna turn to her and say, I can't do it. I I mean in this area I'm helpless. No, no. Oh, if she were life. helpless, 
That's one thing. But she's not helpless, and she looks up anything. And she finds all these all these uh, videos about how to fix stuff, and she gets it yeah. done. That's why she doesn't need you messing with it. She's got it handled. No, we don't need another doesn't. cook in that kitchen. Mm-mm. Yeah, we, no, yes, sir. we do. And I'm the cook. No, I'm the new cook. She mm-hmm. does. She does not want me to be helpless. And so now I got to figure these things out. And you know, I decided I'm I'm going to try to do it, but I'm not liking it. I have found, not from my own experience, because I'm like, okay, I'll do it. All right, I'll do it. The people that I live with, my people in my family, they have no trouble telling me, mm, you're right, I can't do that. And that's the end of it. Those and, are kids. And then, no, that's also my husband. Oh, what, yeah, he does. Give me an example where he says, like, where the sheriff like, says I'm helpless. He doesn't use that word. He doesn't have to. Like, our, we divide things along pretty traditional lines. I don't do any yard work because there's, you know, I'm allergic to things out there. I'm helpless. He doesn't do any cooking because, you know, it's just not his thing. And he told me that. He goes, yeah, I mean, I could, but it's just not my thing. Oh, yeah, it's just not your well, thing. Okay. He can build a deck. I can't build a deck. I mean, we're talking about traditional things here. These are traditional male things. Yes, but I'm really but not can, all that good at. You can MC a gala, and he could never do that. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm going to tell her You have a that. lot of skills. You have I'm so many skills. God, what, you're supposed to be perfect at everything? I think she's being unreasonable, Bob. I think you should I'm just not, put that drill down. and Yeah, you're not helpless. You refuse Mary, to do these things. I'm not helpless. I could MC a gala. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think that's good. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're that's welcome. why you're a uh, gold best friend. It's Bob and Sherry. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. This is a story about what happens when we just, we don't, we don't use our things. We don't eat our treats. We don't wear our favorite clothes. We just save things for a, the, a future occasion or a day when it might be worth something. So when this woman, Vera Petchel, was eight years old, it was 1935, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she went to the Silver Jubilee of King George V and Queen Mary. So that is the late Queen Elizabeth's parents and King Charles's grandparents, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So Queen Mary was the Queen Mother. So she's eight years old. She goes to the Silver Jubilee, and she was given a special chocolate bar that commemorated the occasion. And her father told her, don't eat that. That could be worth something one day. So she put the chocolate bar under her bed. Last November, she was 95 years old. She passed peacefully away. And her children have been cleaning out her house. And they just found the chocolate bar under her bed, unopened, in a little metal tin box, um, tucked away for all these years and she had she about mm, three four years before she died she thought she lost the chocolate and she actually called one of her kids and said i'm devastated i've lost the royal chocolate and so the kids were like the kids are in their 70s by the way right yeah right mom it's okay i mean you know you've been holding on to it since 1935 or whatever well, she didn't lose the chocolate. She had moved to the hiding place um, and 
spent the last few years of her life just fretting over this lost chocolate that her dad told her not to eat. So was dad right that this chocolate would someday be worth some money? What do you think? Yeah, I I don't I can't imagine how much. But yes, definitely. I mean, look, people were buying um, Elvis's sweat, you know, online. So a a queen's uh, treasured chocolate in a box definitely um apparently all the children that were born um before or in the year of the silver jubilee Mm -hmm. were given these special chocolates this was a a gift that was arranged by the lord mayor of london which Mm -hmm. is a kind of a neat thing right that every child in england could receive that chocolate so yeah they're going to auction it now um they're going to auction this chocolate and we're going to find out whether or not this chocolate ended up being worth anything. They're expecting it to go for like $500 American, right? And the equivalent. Are, are you a little surprised that uh, her father, the king, I guess he was the king, uh, who owns the royal jewels and hundreds and thousands of acres and four palaces would be... Yeah even thinking about the value of an item like that for his daughter to cash in on years from now? Well, her, her dad was just a regular dude. He wasn't the king. This is just a regular oh. little girl who got oh, these chocolates. I, no, no, this, this is just a regular citizen who was I, a little I girl. Was, I, I thought it was a child. I thought it was one of the royal children. Oh. No, it was just a regular little girl. And her father was like, oh, you better hang on to that. The willpower of an eight-year-old child to not eat that candy bar. I was thinking that oh, too. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're exactly I mean, right. Yeah, I would think that. 500 bucks sounds about right to me. $500. Yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. It. Yeah. I just love that that little girl kept at eight years old. Mm-hmm. Kept that chocolate bar until she died at 95. That is really impressive. That could never happen in any of our lives because we've no. moved around too much. Right. Exactly. I mean, what, what treasured it, heirloom do you have, Bob? I, I was just trying to f- figure out what my most treasured heirloom would be, and it's just pictures. And there aren't many of those of my family and a few items that my father brought back from the war uh that my grandmother held on and that i got a hold of beyond that there's nothing i'm not naming names but there was a point in bob's life where he dared not fall asleep in the living room for fear he'd find himself being carried out to the curb okay (laughs) it was very hard for the bobster to hold on to anything sentimental So, yeah, we'll see what that chocolate bar goes to. And that sweet little girl denied herself that treat that whole time. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Bob, we have a very interesting email from our listener, Stephanie. She was listening to the Oddcast episode that we did with our listener, Catherine, who had to bring in a paranormal expert because a spirit followed her home from the hospital where she works. Well, Stephanie says, my family has been haunted for years since I was very little. My mother's side of the family is Catholic, and there were several great aunts of mine that were nuns. And I have several uncles and great uncles who were priests. 
I grew up from birth to five years old in one of the oldest homes in our town. Most of my mother's nine brothers and sisters, along with my great-grandparents, lived in the house, which was haunted. There are so many stories of strange, unexplained occurrences that happened in that house. I also have family members that have been visited by spirits. A cousin of mine built a house 30 years ago down the street from my mother, and some of the things that happen in that house make the hair stand up on your neck. They still live in that house. They've had it blessed. And I think she spoke with a paranormal investigator who told her things that only people who are from this area would know about the land the house was built on. Halloween time is my favorite. I'm not scared of ghosts or spirits. And I love the thought of others out there who float among us, which, Stephanie, is the place where you and Bob completely differ because he does not love the idea of spirits floating amongst us. Welcome to the show. We I, want to I, hear about your haunted house. I, I actually don't even want my relatives floating among me. When they're alive. W- alive, yeah. <laughs> well, most of mine either, but I still think it's neat. So, um, first of all, it, there must be some pressure in growing up in a family where you have relatives that are nuns and priests, because I remember from my own days in Catholic school when they would give you the talk about, is God calling you to the church? And as soon as the priest would say... God may want you for a vocation. You would think, oh, is that the voice that's telling me to mm-hmm. go be a nun? Mm-hmm. Right. And Max ended yeah. up at seminary school, Stephanie. So he thought he had the call. That alone must be pressure. Yeah. Um, well, and when I, I went to Catholic school from kindergarten to eighth grade, and I got in right as when I was in kindergarten, we still had nuns. And then as first grade, there, the nuns were gone. So, you know, we still went to church twice a week, but I, you know, I never really felt any pressure. I didn't want to be a nun. I knew that first. You knew you didn't have the call. Yeah. That was no way. No way. They didn't want me there. So talk to us about your haunted house and keep in mind that I believe everything and Bob is skeptical of this kind of stuff and does not really believe much of anything. So bring us your best evidence of a haunting. Well, um, so I lived, my whole family, a uh, house built in 1910. Um, my great-grandparents lived there and died there. My mom lived there, all of my aunts, my uncles. Um, we were actually the last family to live there because it, um, it was in bad shape and didn't have the money to to upkeep, but my grandparents lived next door, so we would still go to the house and um, play games. It was kind of like our big playhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so, kind of cool. Yeah, go ahead. What happened? Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, so when my mom was very little, there was a very, very bad storm, and like I said, my mom had great aunts, uncles that were um, the nuns and priests, and um, during the storm, they, they were getting all the kids downstairs, you know, lightning everywhere. Um, lightning hits the house, um, blows up the window air conditioner, and as it does, uh, my mom is turns to try to wake up her sister, who is still asleep. And when she does, she looks over, and there's a nun, a figure of a nun, praying um, on her knees by her bed. Right by her and bed. Right by her bed, yes. My mom swears on her children, that's what she saw. And so, she, you know, it almost like paralyzed my mom. But um, she said, you know, she just kind of sat there and she looked and she ran downstairs. Ellen was still slept through the whole thing, went back upstairs to make sure she was okay. And my mom swears, she's like, if the reason that she was there, if she was not there, 
um, she felt like that house was going to burn down because it caught, it blew up the air conditioning. Here's the thing, Stephanie. I mean, if you had to pick, even Bob, if he had to pick between being haunted by a nun praying or a green scaly gargoyle with horns, you'd go with the nun. Of course you would. Yes. Yeah. When it was Easter, um, we were sitting upstairs looking through all of our candy, and I was probably five, six-ish years old, and they lived in town, but there was a huge field in the backyard. Um, so we're looking, you know, to see if anybody can see anything else that we've missed, any eggs, anything like that. And we see, I see, this man walking, like, from the middle of the field from nowhere, and he's got on a black suit. Um, and he's got on a, a black hat, um, but you can't see his face. It's like a big rimmed black hat, mm-hmm. and he's carrying something in his hand. And so all of the me and there was probably three of us that dart down the stairs, um, and I'm like, "What the hell? Who is this dude?" So we go down and we run outside, and there was a stump. Well, there was a big basket of fruit on the stump, and the dude is nowhere to be seen. There's no way he could have gotten run anything. It's not like, I mean, he it was it was almost like he was walking, but it almost felt like he was kind of floating. But well, now this is the first example you've had of a truly malevolent spirit. Because what kid wants a basket of fruit on Easter? Well said. Well Where said, were the Sherry jelly Lynch. beans? I Where know. were the chocolate bunnies? Yeah, that's you people exactly got right. apples. <laughs> You need to get an exorcist up in there, Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie, thank you so much, hon, and have a great Halloween. You too. I plan on it. All right. Take care. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry are teaming up with Visit Florida this school year to salute teachers for all the hard work they do by giving them a chance to win a well-deserved, relaxing vacation to Margaritaville Beach Resort, Fort Myers Beach. Situated on the Gulf of Mexico, this laid-back retreat is the perfect place for our teachers to find the coolest shells in the sand, sip frozen concoctions, indulge in local fare, and revel in spectacular sunsets. Plus, each teacher and their guests will receive exclusive access to the Fins Up Beach Club to enjoy the action-packed aquatic playground or chill out to the sound of great music on the Sunset Terrace. If you want to nominate a special teacher or even yourself to win this awesome vacation, log on to bobandsherry.com. Nominated teachers could win weekly prizes and qualify to win the monthly grand prize, a spot to travel with us this summer on our trip for teachers to Florida. Teachers, we salute you with our trip for teachers to Florida from Visit Florida and Bob and Sherry. Contest rules apply. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. You know, we always wonder, how can we live longer? Well, having a good laugh twice a week could really help reduce the risk of heart disease. The first ever trial measuring its effects on symptoms has found a fit of the giggles cuts inflammation and increases the heart's capacity to pump oxygen around the body. Of 26 coronary artery disease patients with an Mm -hmm. average age of 64, half were asked to watch two hour-long comedy shows on TV each week, and the rest watched documentaries. After Mm -hmm. 12 weeks, the comedy group had a 10% boost in how much oxygen the heart can pump around the body. Their Mm -hmm. arteries could expand better, and they had less plaque building up in blood vessels than the documentary group. That's great news. Our study 
Our study found that laughter therapy increased the functional capacity of the cardiovascular system, said the lead author. Participants also underwent blood testing that showed a reduction in inflammatory biomarkers, an indicator of how much much plaque has built up in the blood vessels for people who watch comedies compared to the other groups. The study found that laughter therapy is a good intervention that could help reduce that inflammation and decrease this and decrease the risk of heart attack and stroke. Uh, they also said that laughter therapy could help people cut back on heart medication. What about that? That's I fantastic. Think that's a great I, yes, and it's not just TV shows. Go ahead. I have a family member that watches the news every waking mm-hmm. minute, and you want to talk mm-hmm. about uh-uh. grim and unhealthy? Uh-uh. Yeah, uh-uh. you need to. You need to, it's a, the world, the world is the world. You got to find some joy. I agree. agree. He said this study found that laughter Mm. therapy is a good intervention that could help reduce the inflammation and decrease the risk of heart attack and stroke. That's great. You're welcome. You're welcome. I think uh, we're very lucky to do this show. We have so many uh, good times and good laughs. That's great news. It's Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate and review and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.